Today's episode is going to be a reflection in real time on motherhood and the merge that has been happening with the work that I am choosing in the world and witnessing firsthand how learning to work with the brilliance in our bodies, how that completely elevates the way that we can love and the way that we can parent and completely rewire how we show up as sensual beings, especially when we're raising little humans and, you know, getting rid of all the social conditioning around, oh, I have to compartmentalize my life and all that kind of stuff. So if you're here for this conversation, I'm going to just talk about my oldest child today. I was reflecting on her um, and her brilliance and her growth in the last couple of years. And so I wanted to share that with you all today on the pod. Short episode, but if you're here for it and your mom is listening, this episode is for you. Welcome to Beyond the Reef podcast, a show dedicated to the driven island woman who has checked all the boxes and still feels like something is missing. I am your hostess, Uilani Tevanga, a wife, a mother, a Wahine embodiment mentor and intuitive business coach with over a decade in mentoring female entrepreneurs to source freedom and fulfillment from within. I believe the freedom that brings so many to entrepreneurship is multidimensional and it expands into new levels the deeper we get to know ourselves. Consider this show that invitation. What does the reef represent in your own life? Regardless of the stage you are in with your business, imagine if you were able to unlock greater levels of abundance from within, that it was no longer dependent on just what you do, but how you amplify the truth of who you already are. Through open conversations around feminine embodiment and business, emotional mastery, spirituality, and a reclamation of pleasure, oh yeah, we're going there. We will explore the most powerful resource you have yourself. You're about to go beyond the barriers you think are keeping you stuck. It's time to awaken the mana within so we can go beyond the reef. So the other day, my 16-year-old daughter, we were riding in the car after we were having just another one of our, what I think, normal conversations. And she's like, you know what, mom? I really like our car rides. I was like, yeah? She's like, you know, sometimes I ride with my friends and their moms are like, hey, how was your day? And they answer with, it was fine. It was good. And she's like, I go, and that's it? (laughs) That's all you guys talk about? And so I asked her, I was like, why? says, what do you and what do you tell your friends that we talk about? And she says, everything oh oh yeah okay like what and she's like you know like culture and the universe and god and ancestors and dreams and pussy and sex and i mean vulva (laughs) and we both started laughing and it was so funny i was like yeah sis you're right like we do talk about all those things and you know recently someone had asked me in my um program while you have five children and you're going through this you know sex love and relationship coaching like do you tell your children what you're doing and I had to laugh and I was like absolutely you know they're honestly the big reason why I got into this work in the first place 
And although I can't say how exactly things are going to pan out and whatever, I'm still so much in listening and learning and quiet mode um, to really integrate so much. And it's just been this beautiful path, not only for myself, but especially as a mother and especially in rewiring how I am choosing to parent my children. So if you've been following for a little bit um, and you know you've been on the podcast and here and there, like, you know, deconstructing my faith has been so huge. And it'll be a reoccurring theme, like sorry, not sorry, because it's so much of my lived experience, especially in my sexual and spiritual awakening. And what I want to say about that is it affected so much of like my parenting. So this kind of episode is probably going to like, you know, take a route, take a ride on the bed, around the bend, <laughs> and I'm going to come back home. Okay, so stay with me. Um, last Wednesday, this was before our car ride. Um, no, no, our car ride was a couple of days before, and it was just something I, I'm, I'll remember forever. And I wanted to share that here because it just felt like a funny thing. And I think I talk so deep so often that it's important to bring some levity to personal growth because sometimes it can just feel really serious. But I feel like I've learned so much to bring in the essence of fun, who I truly, truly am. And that helps my nervous system feel very nourished in the things that are quite heavy. And anyways, so last week, um, we had a community meeting not far from our home um, in the little, about a little boat ramp, which also, if you live on Maui, you know it's Baby Beach and it's Mala Harbor. If you're not from Maui and wherever you're living in the world, it's basically, it, it was set up to be a recreational area for locals, for Hawaiian families to gather, to gather their resources, to gather with one another. And this harbor in the last couple of years especially has been completely overtaken by commercial tourism. That is absolutely the state of Hawaii's fault um, for dishing out so much permits. And if this, I'll just quickly go over this to set the scene. There are 21 stalls in this tiny little corner in Lahaina and 16 of them are given out to commercial boats who sometimes can pack anywhere from 10 to 15 to 50 to 60 people at a time who all bring boatloads of tourists when this little sleepy area of Lahaina was set aside for recreation. So the promises have been broken and it, only in my lifetime I mean, not my lifetime, my daughter's lifetime. I used to take her as a baby. And in this mile and a half stretch, every morning, you know, we would go before nap time. Um, I would take her, I probably started taking her at like two weeks old to learn how to swim. And there would be one or two other families. And, you know, Hawaiians would gather and you knew everybody on the beach and whatnot. And the families that came that day to share were sharing about like their you know, the lineal descendants of that place, like families still living on the coastline, talking about all the different kind of limu that was grown there. I mean, that 
was present and now there's nothing. Talking about the opai, which was able to just scoop up with your net and now there's nothing. Um, all the damage that has been done to the place and the lack of care and you know just issues after issues and even after all the pain that was shared and even after knowing the history, the people that you know were listening, hopefully, it blew my mind and I went up to speak when there was a lot of what I just call white fragility comments of like, well, I can't change the fact that I'm white and you guys need to share and that promise was made a long time ago and like completely ignorant and, and choosing to be that way. So without me going, getting up there and like swearing and be like, oh my gosh, like you, did you not hear? You know, I just was like, okay, hey, I'm just going to use this as an invitation, like an invitation to do your homework, you know, that we call her, right? No matter what culture, you can just hear it in people's language. Like this is Mother Earth, right? It's our Gaia. This is our Papa Honua. Everyone wants a piece and we expect her to produce and she is pimped out for constant profit with no rest and no care of impact, you know, so the invitation on my part, and I had not planned to talk, okay, because I am no fisherman, I am definitely no captain or whatnot, but I ended up, you know, standing up just as an invitation for the absolute ignorant comments that I could see. And because I do the work that I do in embodiment and somatic healing work, working so much with the soma, just looking around the crowd and feeling the energetics of the space, the anger, the pain, the visceral like body tension and the clenching of the jaw and like all the ways where you're going to see where trauma shows up when you do trauma-informed work, right? And facilitation, it was like boom, boom, boom. There's about 150 people. Everyone was just super, super activated because of pain, right? And like we just suppress these things and there were people there that I knew personally and I was like you know you came so far why don't you speak like go and it's like oh but I don't want to lose my job but like there's people but yes we live in close um not close contact close proximity to a lot of the commercial workers right and it's not saying you're bad what you do is bad it's just irresponsible the amount that comes into the area and it is our duty to protect as people of the land to protect these places. And my invitation to the people that had spoke with just a complete, I can't say anything else other than just complete disrespect for what had been shared thus far, um, just showed me how far we have to go. And even if we think like, okay, we've heard this before, because across Hawaii, like story is the same, right? We're just trying to save what little we have left. It is the same. Um, but this was just like an opportunity for me to just say, I just need you to pay attention to like your responsibility, not only to the people and like the situation, but the words that we speak. And, you know, like, because this was on the fly and it was just really in response in real time, there's so much more that I feel like I would have wanted to say. Um, and how this works into the work that I do now, I'll get there. But the invitation was like, your kuleana to this land is to learn because then you further 
traumatize people through comments like this you know ignorant comments that that keep these stories and these wounds deeper and deeper into our bodies and why i feel so deeply for spaces and access to spaces is that hawaiians need rejuvenation and we find these places in the ocean you know we talk about movement is medicine and so is practicing hana no eo and so is practicing cultural practices like fishing like diving like swimming like sharing i mean sitting with your ohana on the beach but there is no parking there is constant spraying of sunscreen on the tan and you know it, it's just if you can hear it in my voice it's overwhelming and so what do we do as people we literally our nervous system shut down and we just go into freeze and it shows up in freeze mode as i just not gonna come anymore I don't like I don't like come there anymore. I don't want to see this place. I'm not gonna go there anymore. I just go somewhere else, right? So we just don't take up space because it's so painful to witness these atrocities over and over and over again. But people that are completely unaware, um, and it and it just causes a lot of pain. It further creates more visceral pain, and I'm talking about like in the body. So. That was where I came from. My daughter was actually there at this, what we call talk story sesh. She was with the state and the DLNR and the county workers and whatever. Um, And she ended up going after me a couple of people later. And just to sit and witness my 16-year-old stand in bravery through her tears and her shaking voice you know, me and her dad just like looked at each other and we're like, wow, this is our girl. You know, and as much as we're like, oh, I want to protect them and I don't want her to be filmed. And somebody had posted it online and it got like, I don't know where it's at. But I've been watching just to make sure there is no dumb comments online, um, like 70,000 views. And I'm like, oh, like I don't want my kids on the gram. And like, it's the whole thing. But at a certain point, right, in our journey as mothers, and parents um and the inevitable is like you you share them yeah like you share them and and you raise them to then have an effect on their communities and the world around them and i was in witnessing her speaking her truth knowing that yes so much of a part of the work that i have done for myself has rewired her ability to speak openly it is a thing right it, it is so much a part of being a keiki kayapuni hawaiian immersion although she's no longer um it is such a it's such a part because they learn the kuleana they learn their pilina to the land and they are ready to speak up some of us do raise our children to go to rallies and and to and to question things right and i think that this ties into this voice activation work that i have had to work very hard on because as someone who grew up as a people pleaser and a good girl or eternal damnation type of thing it's been a big journey and i'll share an example is that i you know Although I no longer raise her to be a good citizen. And when I say I don't raise her to be a good citizen or a good girl, meaning 
Of course, I'm going to raise my children to have respect. But I do not tell her, oh, you're such a good girl. Oh, look at you, good girl. I used to, though. I used to. And I do not, when, especially when she feels passionate about something, tell her, no, you know, that's not, you got to just be nice, you know, the way that so many of us have been taught, the way that society still wants women to be, right? We don't, we're raised in this collective not to ruffle feathers. I teach her to unlock her voice and I teach her to ask these questions. Um, but it wasn't always that way for so long, you know, up until I was really starting to question my own internal reality of being this church woman and how I was parenting. The part that grieves me the most that I still have a lot of residue in how I speak about this and probably like, oh, I can feel it in my throat right now. I would tell her, don't cry. Stop crying. Why are you crying? Cut that out fix your face smile how come you're not smiling make your face nice look at that girl she can make her face nice how come you're not making your face nice how come you're not singing sweetly how come you know i was just always on this girl and a very painful part is like when you raise your own consciousness level it's like oh shit like now i gotta go back and apologize like i put a lot of strain and didn't make it safe for my daughter to feel. I didn't make it safe for her to emote. I didn't make it safe for her to truly be in her truth. And so as we've gone through this process, and I'm not staying here for like a whole hour, but there's so much that I want to share with motherhood and you know, sexuality and, and raising sex positive kids because it's not just, oh, can I just want my kid to like go out and freely have sex and like without shame. No, you know, the, the boundaries that we set up now are really more about intimacy with self and creating sanctuaries. And I look at boundaries so different. And, you know, like, again, raising sex positive families is about having informed, giving them choice, um, not withholding what's really there what's really here and and also presenting options right so what's so interesting about that is i've watched i've watched and i've witnessed and i've lived through and there's there's two type of things and i'm going to share this just because i brought this topic up which i hadn't planned to but like i said just reflecting in real time this work has become so personal for me in in raising children from you know, baby and from toddler to teenager in these pivotal stages of growth. And with all the access of technology, I'm like, dude, your friends on the playground, in your schools, in the community are going to learn about their sexuality without the word essence, right? Because that's so missing in the holistic part, in the sacred part, right? You're, they're either going to be from a very strict and staunch religious background where it's off limits. It could also be like a cultural background, like a lot of Polynesian cultures that is absolutely taboo. I know um, when my husband and I got together and still yet, he's like, we don't kiss in front. Like if his mom is here, 
we do not watch shows where the couples will kiss. It's just completely taboo in a lot of Polynesian cultures, okay? Like, you just don't show public display of affection. So there's completely off limits. And of course, kids are going to be curious, children, young adults, where are they going to find this information? You know, like, we can't shut off the valve completely. We can try to shame it. We can try to numb it. And I think a lot of entities do a really good job with that. But they're going to turn to pornography. They're going to turn to TikTok. They're going to turn to all these apps that are going to basically hijack their ability for intimacy. So when I talk about raising sex-positive children, this work has become so passionate and purposeful and completely not what I thought this road was going to take me but I guess you know having the partner that I have who's so incredible he was like if this nothing else you know because I know everybody's like what are you gonna do and like can I hire you and I've had to really say like in time you know it's, it's interesting like I'm glad that the curiosity is there but I don't feel an integrity to open yet so in time um I just want to be of highest service first okay and i just want to say that but i will be sharing on my email that i will promote and i will say like you know what once a month twice a month if you know summer is not so crazy but um that's the way i'll connect and i also will have another goddess yoga certification coming up in september but as far as coaching goes right now like my heart is just pounding that when it is time it will be so incredible because we will co-partner together. I have a new love for this industry and I plan to show how we are doing this way, way different than all that I've seen out there so far. Okay, thanks to the teachers. But what I wanted to share about, yeah, like having self-intimacy, that this is the conversations that I have. So going all the way back to the beginning of this episode when I was sharing about our car ride, and if that shook you and you're like, what, you say pussy in front of your daughter? Yes, because I do not talk about it in the pornographic way that it has been displayed. I talk about it from a place of absolute power and portals between two different worlds. I am teaching my boys that what is portrayed is performative and it is not inclusive and it is not representative of what truth exists and it doesn't give any kind of consent it doesn't show safety um so having conversations with our children knowing that these things exist and bringing in the sacredness around intimacy and what is this actually for um an identity around that that's been a huge growth part for my children and understanding that has so much to do with truth and once we are connected once my daughter and my children understand that you know growing as a person is not just only our heart up through our head right because in the personal development world in this even the spirituality world we work so much with like our heart and our head and it's important but what is primal and what is undeniable is the lower centers of our body right like the sensing the 
nature, the cyclical nature of this, that when we ignore these instincts that are natural and organic and sensual, we really cut off so much of our aliveness. So when we tell our kids, don't talk about that, don't look, you know, don't touch that, don't, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about like their bodies. And it doesn't even have to be in a sexual way, but I think that society just shames any kind of curiosity unless it's like straight in your face in a song or like I said, in a TikTok or whatever. And that can be super confusing when not left in loving care. Because there's these constant um, messages around us, right? So, you know, in teaching our children to understand their truth and witness themselves in their wholeness and give room for that, that we show them that they have so much power to carry themselves through anything, you know, like that emotional alchemy and I allow I I never used to I would be like don't throw fits or like ah but then why I want to throw a fit rage is suppressed passion and as I've learned so much about emotional alchemy which also comes you know with your sensuality and your sensual self and your sensations and your sexuality like These primal parts, I just feel like we're walking around with half a body. And as all, if if all I can do in this world is like help my children use their full expression, I know they will do great things, right? Like do great things in love because they feel grounded in themselves. That I'm not telling them you always got to have the right answer. You know, that's one thing I will say that I instinctually knew throughout my whole like adolescence and growing up is like, look, I don't want to hear the right answer. I want to hear the real answer. And that is so much a part of living an embodied life is I'm not trying to look good. I'm trying to understand what's alive inside of me right now and trusting the wisdom of that. And so when I was telling my daughter, you know, it was so cool watching you, sis, is like, oh, I don't like crying in front of people. And I was like, yeah, but remember, you wouldn't want to cry at all before. And I had to like really bring her into that. I said, when the womb is activated, you know, and, and Hawaiians talk about this all the time, are not all. Like when the womb is activated, if you think about this on a cellular level, how the womb space connects us through generations, literally, it is not just you speaking. I said, this is your ancestors speaking through you. And you are that portal and you're that connection to be open enough to, if not their words, share in a bit of their essence as well. I said, well, how powerful is that, you know? And so we do have these conversations and taking care of our bodies. And another thing is like, oh my gosh, I was going to share something personal, but that's not for me to share. Oh my goodness. Anyways, back it up, back it up. I just want to end it here and really just share that, you know, healing our own inner good girl, right? 
And it's not saying I'm not a good person. Like every person I truly believe is inherently good or really just trying to do the best that they can. Even if sometimes I'm like, this person sucks. And I journal out and I'm like, this is what I really want to say. And then as I'm like writing, you know, furiously, I realize like, but you know, honestly, everybody's ending up doing the best that they can with the, the tools that we have. And we all have these different survival mechanisms and even though like our original essence is love sometimes like you know there's it'll take some time so yeah (laughs) it'll take some time for a lot of us to find that remembrance but that's the kind of work that ultimately I think we're all headed for anyways however that lands it'll all it'll look chaotic such as being feminine beings um but yeah I hope that this resonated on some level it probably was a little shocking when I think about this but just sharing the the merge of the work that is happening um, and super grateful to have a place to share these things because even though like I feel like I'm quieter um, there was a time where you know when when I was quiet it was because I was just in so much pain you know and, and now it's like I'm quiet because I'm freaking working <laughs> and I'm like expanding so rapidly like I don't even recognize myself from like six months let alone a year ago um, life is just really really good you know and so yeah permission to like express I think that's so much of like the whole thing is like we are so terrified to continuously be evolving because it's like oh great we're gonna be losing people absolutely like it's just seasons in life and this season is just really really beautiful so thank you for allowing me to express and share in this season um and i hope to do more episodes and i would love to hear from those of you that are still kind of hanging around for this process and this evolution and this like void space if you will and if there's any way that i can serve you in the meantime I actually have been getting messages about mentoring. Um, So I'm open to that, if that would be of service to you. I am not completely closed down for that. However, when it comes to sex love relationships, that is going to wait. And if you are interested in embodiment work and you want to facilitate and you want to deepen your facilitation skills, I plan to bring on some recent graduates that I certified um, online and in person and sharing in that if you're wanting to hold your own circles or whatnot that is what I have coming in the next couple of months but super grateful to have shared this space with you and I will see you on the next episode if you love today's episode and feel like it would serve someone in your life it goes a long way when you screenshot post tag me on insta and take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And I have something just for you. It is my brand new weekly newsletter and it is called Submerged. This is not your boring newsletter that pops in and you just start to roll your eyes. No sense. This is getting deeper. So the topics that we talk about on the podcast, especially around those that are of holistic sex, love, and relationships, we're going to be a little bit more explicit and a lot more erotic. And if you're here for that juiciness, get on the list. It's in the show notes, and I can't wait to dive in more in your inbox.